0: true believers we're finally back it's no responsibility podcast and we're not dead we promise it's just (laughs) been a crazy 2020 and you know we all have a lot of things going on i know we keep saying that but it's true and you know we're gonna keep meeting we're gonna keep doing this and i feel a little lucky that you know this has been kind of a release lull of a month um I know uh, like UK and them have been getting the stuff we're going to talk about today with Cap and Ms. Marvel and Goblin and we got them a little sooner but as far as like we haven't missed a lot of news we're definitely going to touch on uh, Widow and some of the rumors and spoilers floating about but um, right now I just want to introduce my two awesome co-hosts that you know we finally were able to <laughs> combine <laughs> our powers and here we are so uh, hey sean how you doing i'm good what's going on guys and uh sugi
1: hey hey what's going on
0: so yeah um it's been crazy uh we're just i mean We're just happy to be sitting next to each other talking about this stuff. So, um,
2: yeah, I don't know about you guys, but uh, the holidays and work have been just insane. Um, I did like a a 10 day straight work run in December, a nine day straight work run already in January. And uh, it's hard to it's hard to put out content when you're that busy. And and it seems like we almost never all have the same day off anymore. So, um, (laughs) yeah. I think i think we should just say we have no responsibility to get out more than one show uh every six weeks or so <laughs> yeah i mean uh, at the rate we're going with the release I, 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 <laughs> I know it'll get better we're gonna we're gonna keep putting in the effort I,
0: you know i work at a place where you know we have like high turnover for like younger guys which you expect you know like students and stuff like going back to class like that makes sense but we have high turnover for like management and it's just like literally every week i just can't even like begin to get a semblance of normalcy and it's finally finally slowing down (laughs) but it's (laughs) the past two months have just been like we're losing people and different people are sick and different people are on vacation and like it, it literally was just throwing darts at a board on like what my shifts were so so sorry. you
2: finally managed to get a copy of uh, Captain America though
0: right. I, I did only like six
2: days ago. and Sugi oh, okay. you, got, you got everything. Uh, you got your Green goblin together, right? Uh,
1: so I was actually very blessed. Jay was kind enough to pick me up a copy of Captain America and I had already pre-ordered um, Green Goblin and a friend of mine. I sold some uh, Pokemon cards too, so I picked up Miss Marvel. So I do have all three, and I really like Miss Marvel a lot. Nice. Yeah, she's a she's a spicy deck. I like like I just I don't know. I like it just kind of stock. There's a couple of things you can shift out, but I don't know. Protection of Miss Marvel feels real good.
0: So, alright, let's why don't we start with her? Even yeah. they were released. You guys of are feeling play. her?
2: Play? Yeah, we, I mean we can we, we can always go back uh <laughs> over uh, my Captain America thoughts afterwards. But yeah, Miss Marvel it up.
0: Yeah, so what made me really happy with her is how she can make small cards like Shine really really highly. I actually think the sleeper hit that you can slot in any aspect with her is Haymaker. Mm -hmm. Two for three. It's not as good as Big Hands. You can't juice it with, like, a power of card, but at the same time, like, specifically in the Justice list, you know, usually when you, like, play a Justice list, like, you feel like you're almost just a a hose-on threat, and then you don't generally, unless your character is built to deal a lot of damage. Don't, you know, like you do more of one than the other. And when I've played my Ms. Marvel justice deck, I still feel like I can like swing for the fences if I need to with, uh, three haymakers, three big hands and, uh, two concussive blows. Um, that's, you know, damage all over the place. And then all the threat denial I need, uh, with sneak buys and, for justices, And I feel like I'm still doing both and not just following one role better. Uh, like literally our Haymakers are just uppercuts when you envision. And that to me just has so much impact on the game that uh, you can, you can either do tons of threat, tons of damage, or, you know, a hybrid and she's built for it. And I, I don't know. I, I just couldn't believe Everyone was just like, "Hey, is such like a dull card. Like it's a filler card, or it has the only good thing about it's that it's an energy resource." I'm like, "No, man, put it in Miss Marvel, and you will deal
2: damage like crazy and easy." I, I was feeling justice, and I was feeling aggression right out the gate. And I'd really be interested to hear why you like the stock protection build that came with her, Zook.
1: So to kind of answer your question about uh, Miss Marvel using the um, protection aspect. Uh, I don't think you should use the stock cards that come in the deck. I think you should definitely slide out a couple cards, but um, the big thing kind of like, what's that one that comes with cap? Uh, I have it right here in front of me, uh, like expert defense. I really like that card, but um, the, the thing that makes her so interesting is even though she only has 10 hit points, her recover five is nuts. So you can very comfortably throw her in front of significant damage and with the right cards. You know, if you're using, um, you know, get behind me, you can like just pop things out of the like when revealed bad stuff happens. You're like, nope, don't worry about that uh, expert defense. It's a hero interrupt that gives you uh, plus three defense for an attack. So that gives you four defense, which is pretty significant. Um, there's a lot of different toys you can use to have this. You know, Miss Marvel has one one one. I feel like the stats on her could basically be like zero zero one and you kind of get the same effect. Like her her numbers on the card aren't amazing, but the utility in her deck is just off the chain. And The fact, like I said, she can recover five. She's got access to so many tools. And because she's not outputting significant numbers on her card, she can do blocks more consistently and let other characters that have bigger numbers do a lot of the the heavy lifting. When I I first saw her kit, I was like, there's got to be a reason why her values are just so terrible. Because, like, one, one, one. You're, you're sincerely not really, you're not contributing anything to the team, like not worthwhile, if we're really honest about for a hero card, like these are stats, usually a, a small ally or a minion would have. And on top of that, her ability specifically taps her out to give her more cards in her hand. She never felt like her stat line was meant to be significant. And the more I kind of experimented with it, the more it kind of became clear that She's kind of the utility character where she just does everything with the cards in hand, not with the values on her card. So now you can do really neat things where you have, you know, some aggressive characters. You can use her to block for Tony Stark while he builds up. Um, You can you can do so many different things. So as protection, she's like this weird. uh, She's not a tank because she doesn't have a bunch of health, but she recovers so quickly. You can just tank a big swing, recover do it again, recover. You keep flipping every round. You get all these values. Um, I love the fact that her um, her supports are so good. Like Amir Khan, it says uh, alter ego action, and they all trigger off of her alter ego action, which is kind of where you want her to be because that was the other thing that confused me. I'm like, all of her supports are like alter ego action, uh, do a thing. And it was just kind of like, why is this? And then it became clear, like, as she's recovering, you can also, you know, use uh, Amir to, uh, what does it say? You exhaust him to place a card from your discard pile at the bottom of your deck, then you draw a card. So you get, um, you know, card advantage. Bruno lets you put cards under him and then pull them out. And then uh, Nakia allows you to exhaust her and reduce the cost of the cards in your hand by one. So you just have this really great synergy where while you're healing, you're just building up this huge hand. And then you flip into Miss Marvel and you just throw so many resources out on the table and you're just like constantly blowing through big plays and it's like, wow, that's a really neat character design.
2: All right. So just so you know, Sug uh, Amir is her brother, not her dad. What? Uh, oh. Yeah. Uh, and I only know that because I borrowed the trade paper back from Jay and uh, her dad is like constantly trying to separate them because her brother is like this super religious uh, dude and, and she thinks he's a total dork. <laughs> um, but but anyway, I think you're right on the money about a lot of the things that make her really cool, and and that's one of the things that I hit on too. Is that even though in the comic books and in the lore she's a physical character, she feels a lot in the game like a spellcaster to me. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Uh, and that her real power is is not in her stats; it's in her ability to recur her own spells or events. In this case, in this game, and and there are a lot of. Cool ways to play her because of that, uh, and to like lean into what she's good at. And one of the other things I noticed or my initial impression was that she's kind of a lot like uh Iron Man in that early in the game she doesn't really do much. Um, but late in the game she does like all the heavy lifting. Uh you, like the first time through her deck, you're just kind of getting all her kit together. But once you have NBIN and her oh. like, and her suit
1: and Get over
2: bro yeah and uh all of her all of her persona uh you know um supports out it, it just gets nutty the kind of turns that you can have with her and, and i feel like the strategy for her kind of just in general if if you're somebody who just picked her up and you want to know how to play her just do this no matter what aspect it is just recur wiggle room until you've gone all the way through your deck <laughs> And then just wreck face after that, because that's pretty much it. And the other thing that's kind of nuts that was like a side effect thing that I've been talking to Jay about was um, is the combination of a mirror and Bruno lets you have this just like kind of bonkers turn right when your deck runs out which is usually like a really bad turn for most heroes. You get the extra encounter card. And, you know, if you're leadership, that's like a horrible turn because all of your make the call guys go back into your deck. But with her, it's like this amazing turn because I realized like, oh, I'm going to stash all my allies underneath uh, Bruno and I'm going to put all of my uh, double resource cards on the bottom of my deck with a mirror and then the turn where I draw all of that, I'm just going to play all of it in one big giant turn. And, and she just has this huge burst right around then if you have that stuff out and working early enough uh, the first time through your deck. And that feels really good. And You don't have to do allies. Like one turn, I think I played uh, I think I played uh, the Red Dagger and Tigra and, uh, you know, um, Nick Fury all on one turn. And just had this bonkers bonkers turn and and that feels cool like i really like her she feels like she takes a little while to get going but kind of no matter which aspect she's in once she's got her stuff together watch out man she hits like a truck
0: i have super enjoyed her and what's interesting to me is her design reminds me a little bit of how everyone tells me She-Hulk plays. I can't I can't get She-Hulk's rhythm down. Um, I always feel like I'm on the wrong side. I always feel like I have the wrong cards. And the great thing about Ms. Marvel is, like, you have way more crafty control over that, especially, you know, stashing stuff with Bruno and Amir, as mentioned, and, like, that makes me feel like, you know, I'm not, air quotes, doing it wrong. And then um, if... If you can afford some extra threat on the main scheme, certain encounters and whatever makes this harder than others, but like for those who are trying to get into Miss Marvel and can't feel like they get the rhythm, I usually spend the first three turns in Al Torito and just use all of my attacks and thwarts unless they're needed as resources and just as Sean said, like I just bore through the deck as fast as possible drawing as much as possible to get those supports as quickly as I can like similar to how I try to play um Iron Man you know on my opening hand I pitch everything that's not like air quotes a kit piece and I do the same with Miss Marvel where it's like are you not like a support that's gonna set me up later than like who needs you and I mean you have three bid hands and you have three sneak buys like you can pitch two of them and you'll see the last one if you need it, you know, sooner than later. And if you can, if you have enough gas to make a cool flip turn, then I do it. But usually I just go straight for that card draw. Um, and just get her going as quickly as possible. And I still feel like, you know, she has just so much impact hanging out in alter ego, um, compared to the other characters. And that feels really, really, really cool to me. And, um, I really like the thematic nature of her kit. Uh, you know, like Nakia helping you out with resources. Like, she just likes to buy stuff for uh, Kamala because she's a little more affluent than Kamala is and she doesn't mind, you know, helping her out once in a while. And, like, Bruno's, like, literally stashing stuff at his job. Like, he works at basically, like, a Seven Eleven equivalent. And, like, the idea is you're just like, can you hang out of this? He's like, yeah, sure, whatever you know, it's just, it's just cool. Like you, if you know the character, you feel it coming out of the cards. Um, and that's been one of the most like rewarding things of playing her is just like, God, the card tackle, like that moment in the comics is so freaking cool. And, um, I just get to relive that having played her. It's, it's really neat. Um, she's so far been the most fun character for me to play. And I've, I've liked a lot of them, but, I just like her flavor. I like her art. I like, I like her whole kit. And I've tried her in every aspect, and she does fun things in every aspect. Um, yeah, I think, I think she takes a little bit used to, and like a lot of characters feel like you're doing something every turn, and she doesn't feel that way. And like not everyone likes the like build up, build up, build up, boom kind of play style. Um, and sometimes your build up doesn't match when you need it and maybe you're building up and then someone else wins the game and you're like, well, did I have that much of an impact? You probably did. It just wasn't, you didn't need to punch for 50 when there was only 20 health left. Like that can feel weird. I, you know, that's kind of a tempo of her and a tempo of how everyone else is doing. And like, you just, you're just going to have games like that. Um, I've definitely played Black Panther games where I've been naked like half the game and been like, I do nothing, you know? (laughs) Like, just sometimes you have those games where you're not on the same, uh, you know, wavelength as everything else going on, and she can feel that way. Sometimes that's true, but I think she just has her own rhythm that not everyone's used to. Um, Trying to set up Bruno fast enough can feel frustrating. Bruno is, I've described the gamma slam of Miss Marvel, where sometimes you just can't really get him going the way you want to and you feel like you didn't get as much value off of him. That'll happen. Um, But he's insanely good when you get there, just like when you get that gamma slam for, you know, 14, 15 now. Like, few things feel better in the game than landing that, you know. And Bruno, to me, feels the same way. I don't think your entire strategy hinges on him, but, you know, if you can get him going, obviously you're going to have a pretty
2: stupendous...
0: Uh, round.
2: So yeah, what's the what's the new event that stun a villain and if you paid with a certain resource, deal three damage? It's like the conf- it's like the confused one. Yeah, it's tackle. That's tackle. Right? That's tackle. Okay, yeah. so people are basically saying her with tackle in solo is just busted. You know, because it's just it's just stun on a stick that right. you can loop, um, which is cool. <laughs> Probably still good even in multiplayer, but. I mean that's that's her that's her bread and butter right there. That card's good.
0: I love oh, I don't have the card in front of me. Is it preemptive
2: strike? Is it oh the one that you remove uh the, the boost icons and deal damage and stuff? Yeah, it's preemptive strike. That's I probably the my
0: that, that's probably my favorite card in
2: the game right now. The card's bonkers. It's really Absolutely really good. bonkers. It's, it could be game saving.
1: Yeah, it says uh when a boost card is turned face up while the villain attacks cancel all boost icons on the card then deal and damage to the villain for each boost icon cancel this way like that's kind of what i was saying about the stock like her deck just if you buy it and sleeve it up you've got a lot of gas especially in solo because like you were saying you could do a stun lock where her uh, ability is what is it morphogenetics and it says after you play the attack thwart or defense event exhaust Miss Marvel return that event to your hand. So every turn you could play tackle forever and because you're in hero mode, the the villain won't attack you. So you're dealing potentially three damage if you use a uh, physical resource, but you can just pay three stun, tap Miss Marvel put it back into your hand. next round, pay three, stun put it back into your hand and you're still drawing more cards because you have to pitch cards to play the tackle. So you keep the one card you need and you cycle through resources and it's just, it's gross. It's super gross. And there's three of them in the deck. So like the odds of seeing it are really good. I don't know. It's, it's a, she's, she's been built very well. I feel.
2: And, and one of the best things about her, well, both of the heroes have been released is that they added, a bunch of aspect cards to the card pool that you can play with other people so i've been seeing people playing iron man with the the uh the shield uh tech upgrade
0: energy barrier, energy
2: barrier thank you uh because that works really well there i have been using a lot of the protection cards that came with her actually in protection black panther uh so she's awesome and fun to play but there's lots of playability in those cards like all across the game Um, and as soon as we have a hero for each aspect uh, so that the card pool is like kind of equally large across the board I feel like that's when the game really starts to shine because even if you're playing the same hero same aspect combo as somebody else there you're able to build it completely differently based on how how you feel or what your preferred like style is so even within just one hero one aspect there's going to be multiple builds once we get just a, just two more heroes. Uh, and we know now what those two heroes are going to be. We'll get into that a little later in the show. But, uh, you know, what, what else do you guys want to hit on with uh, Miss Marvel or any of the cards that came with her in terms of your experiences so far? I find it
0: interesting that I think the card that's very fun and very cool but, like, is the hardest to play almost Red Dadger is a really neat card, but it's, like, almost not at all her strategy. Mm. Because, again, like, as you... I think you, like, described her fairly well. It's, like, feels kind of like a a caster. And, like, what I really enjoy is the turns where you can, like, do a a shrink action and an embiggen action. And those are some of the coolest moments in the comics where she, like... Again, I might have mentioned this before, and if I didn't, like, it's just... It's so cool. She pulls the, like, how everyone wanted Ant-Man to defeat Thanos strategy where she jumps into this, like, monster's head as a tiny little thing through its mouth and then grows and just blew
2: him up. (laughs) It's so cool. And disgusting.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, I just, I don't know. And feeling like you do that when you, like, do a shrink and an embiggen in the same turn is, like, what that makes me think of. Like, I don't know. She's she feels a thousand percent like Miss Marvel. Um, and I love it.
1: Yeah, I think the best thing that explains Miss Marvel is what you said earlier, Sean, and that's that she is essentially a spellcaster. And I think the most interesting thing about Marvel Champions for me personally is we finally have a character that we can pitch or sell to people who play like trading card games that is similar to um that style of game if they're looking at champions and they're trying to figure out, you know, do I want to play this game? Is there a character that plays similar to you know a game I'm already used to? Aka you know Magic, Yu-Gi-Oh Pokemon. And I feel like she's probably the easiest sell because they're gonna understand the concept of Uh, Combo plays, setup plays. You're going to dig through your deck to find the right cards, and then you're going to have these explosive turns. So she's a very fun hero to play for people who are playing champions, but she's also a very marketable deck to people who are looking in from the outside, going, that looks fun. But, you know, like I don't know if people want to play necessarily like a Captain America style or, you know, an Iron Man because all of those characters are very. Um, I, I feel like they're LCG compatible, but they don't translate super well to a trading card game. But Miss Marvel, I think she does, and you can explain in whatever game terms. And you know, the cool thing that FOG has is you can buy her deck, sleeve her up, and play her right out of the gate. And she's she's got a lot going for her. And I I think for me, I think that's a big boon because whenever there's a card game, card game players want to know if I can play it and if it translates into the game I'm currently playing. And sometimes that isn't an option. And the fact that this is, I think is great because you can bring people who aren't champions players into the game and they can have an enjoyable experience without really having to teach them or train them, you know, significantly different mechanics than what they're used to.
0: Very cool. Well, let's move on to uh, the action man of the hour. Uh, I think most people's favorite of the three packs that I've talked to. Um, although there are some, uh, Ms. Marvel stands out there like myself, but, uh, let's, uh, jump to, uh,
2: Mr. Rogers himself, Captain America, start us off, Sean. I think he's everything everyone thought he would be. He's exactly as advertised. He is, uh, do everything all the time, every turn kind of hero. Um, I came into Captain America really excited not just because it's cap and he <clears throat> seems to be like arguably the best hero for uh, leadership players but that also he was adding all these new leadership cards so even if you weren't playing with him you if you're a leadership player you're just really happy either way and that's me like all day so uh, I have been playing him a lot Uh, probably played him more than any other hero since the the new cards came out and uh i have to say i love it um the one thing that's surprising me i guess i would have to say is that i'm not using his alter ego ability nearly as much as i thought um it turns out as i may have mentioned in other shows that I kind of prefer to like flip into hero mode and just stay in hero mode the whole game and try to not try to not focus on thwarting if I can and just let the lack of scheming kind of carry uh, the the game in that way. Uh, and because of that, I find that I'm just I'm not flipping him over. He doesn't have a very good recover stat. I'm not flipping him over to get the discount. And there's also some weird timing where, depending on you know who's who's the first player and how many players you have, if you start your turn in alter ego mode, you you might not get his ability anyway because somebody might have soaked it already, um, which is fine. You're helping your team or whatnot. But I just that ability is ending up being much much less of a factor than I thought. Uh, his his ability to ready every turn on his hero side, though, is every bit as good as we at all said it would be and uh, is absolutely able to do incredible work, especially in combination with cards like, forgive me, the zero-cost one that busts his thwart and lets him draw a card. Do we remember the name of that? Oh, uh, Fearless Determination. Fearless Determination. Thank you. That card is bonkers good. Uh, Shield Block is is every bit as good as Backflip, um, which I previously had considered to be like the best hero kit card in the game going, going into. And so, um, you know, his ally, his signature ally is really good. Uh, everything about him to me just kind of works. Uh, the thing that I ended up not doing or, or being as stoked on it also that I thought I would be is uh, Avengers Assemble. Obviously there are some crazy posts going around of people who are, you know, leading from the front multiple times into Avengers Assemble and doing like a gajillion damage. But I found that that's not really my style. Um, I've been going more the route of putting Honorary Avenger onto a pretty big ally, putting uh, Inspired onto him, and then keeping him alive with first aids and just getting just a ton of value that way. Um, And I go through my deck faster. um, And I just, I found that, even with the two of it, Avengers Assemble, I was almost always never getting it when it would be a good time to play it. Uh, and so I just kind of ended up going away from it. But other than that, I basically think he's as advertised. He's as good as everybody thought he would be. He plays exactly the way you think he will. Um, and yeah, I think that I'm I'm just as excited about playing Cap as Jay is about playing Miss Marvel. And I'm glad that we're both kind of finding our own little you know, style within the game where our preferences are definitely a little bit different. I like that.
1: Yeah, I, I like Cap a lot. Um, he's he's such a popular character that I'm kind of in an interesting place where so many people want to play Cap. And I'm like, oh, I've played him, but he's kind of like Iron Man in my local area where a lot of people want to play Iron Man. A lot of people want to play Cap. And I'm, like I've said multiple times, I'm a control player. So I like to have weird, janky, fun decks that do um they, they require a lot of different lines of play and, and cap is fine but he's played so often by everyone else i'm fine not playing him because i love miss marvel she's much more my playstyle alongside like uh justice um she hulk and um there's there's so many or like lead, we've talked about this leadership uh captain marvel so I, I, my opinion is very mediocre, I guess, is the best way to put it. Like I like him. I like what he does. Um, I'll probably play him more solo than anything else, to be very honest, because he's, he's very powerful um, with his own kit, especially being able to pump out a bunch of bodies and get massive, massive value out of them. Uh, but in a group setting, I pretty much everyone else wants to play Cap, so I'm like, sure, he's not my first pick. But this uh this is the inverse of Miss Marvel. If you had to pick a character for people to learn the game with and play right out of the box, I think Captain America is probably the safest bet because his abilities are fairly straightforward. He doesn't require a lot of uh very, very large foresight of the cards in the deck he has combo plays he has straightforward plays he has a lot of flexibility but it's not going to tax you as a player to have to see all the lines of play he rewards pretty much everything you do his stat lines are great his cards are great you can use him offensively you can use him defensively he fits pretty much into any role which is essentially thematically his character design he is the soldier and when you call on him and you need him to do x y or z he will complete that mission and i think if someone is brand new to the game and they want to play but they don't know who to play if you give them a captain america deck they'll probably have a really really strong experience for their first playthrough just because he's like he's always contributing somehow. And I think that's a very valuable experience for newer players to feel like their actions have a high level of impact on the game state whenever they take their turn.
0: I think we can all agree that Cap is really good and, you know, that's not really a hot take that anyone's gonna call us out on. So I think uh, we can just move on to Norman Osborne, the man of the hour, uh, Green Goblin. I was so very impressed with both of his encounters being really unique and fun. And then his mod suite is awesome. All of them are awesome. And as an entire package, uh, it has injected uh, so much cool content into the game. I know a lot of people feel like his uh, criminal enterprise side is a little on the easy side, but I think it's um, really novel in its own way is like a fun encounter, especially for like people who want to see like, you know, what else can this game do? kind of things where you're not just like, all right, we punch Rhino in the face and then we just punch Claw in the face, you know? It's like, well, what other kind of, like, creative ways can they make this game go? And I, I find that scenario, like, really entertaining, even if it's not the hardest, um, but it still has some surprises. I mean, every time he flips and, like, blows you up for a bunch of indirect damage, like, that hurts, man.
2: <laughs> yeah, I I don't know if I realized it. It may have been a little more clear than I knew, but I didn't... i didn't really realize that we were getting two completely different green goblins in this box and uh when i like lined everything up side by side the two green goblins all of the new modules and the goblin module next to all of the villain content you got in the core they're almost the same size stacks like you get almost as much villain scenario content in this one release than we got in the entire core set it literally doubled the amount of playability i feel like of the game just right out of the bat with their first release um and to me that was a home run that to me it just means that every time we get a new villain pack uh the game just gets immensely bigger um i think that a, a year th- or however long through the releases or the cycles however they're going to do it we're going to have so much stuff and the permutations of the different hero combinations and different aspect combinations based on against different villain scenarios at different difficulty levels with different modules you can put in them it just becomes like ridiculous how much content we have and how i am just i'm never going to get bored and, it, and it's obvious right out of the bat just with goblin and i was just so happy when i went through it and really dug into it and I was like, man, this is just great, great value. If you're looking for a game to get into, that's going to give you a lot, a lot of content for the dollar. Uh, I think Marvel Champions is is right at the top of the list, as far as I'm concerned.
1: Yeah, I don't have uh, very much to say about Green Goblin because I actually haven't played him. So oh, I'm no. really excited to get him. I know I'm excited to get him to the table, but uh, it's also been a very busy time for me. So I've um, gotten to play a couple games but usually we're still trying to crack ultron open on expert um because that just seems to be one of the hardest ways to play the game now i don't know if that's true or not because we haven't played goblin but there's like with six well with the two new heroes and all the cards um most everyone on my end is really focused on the hero experience not the villain experience and that makes more sense because the game is more inherently based around being you know a hero and doing heroic things and um you know the the choices and actions you make having an impact on the game so uh, eventually i will get to green goblin i'm not too worried about it but between you know life and work and the holidays and all that, it's just... It hasn't hit the table, so my, my opinion on Green Goblin is pretty much null and void at this point.
2: <laughs> well, a couple things I would tell you, just just since we've had a little bit of time to play with it, and you haven't, is... is uh, Expert Ultron is, is a challenge, but Expert Mutagen uh, Goblin is also one of the most ridiculous experiences uh, because the... Level two uh, goblin. Basically, his his uh, his setup is all the players get two encounter cards. So so when you're playing him on regular difficulty, when you pop the first level, you all get a bunch of encounter cards. Which by that time you're kind of set up you can deal with you know some extra bad stuff coming out in the middle of the game but when that is what happens at the very very beginning of the game where every single player gets three encounter cards on the first turn uh you can just it's it's quite possible that you just lose like you just see the, the if we did a three-player game where we set up uh advanced uh mutagen, um, and i don't remember the modules but oh you know we set it up did level two and three and we, and we all got our cards and we all did our first turn and i think all of our first turns were pretty mediocre and then the nine encounter cards that came out at the end of turn one it just it was just over it was just done um and we all and, and i think i think i was playing cap i got attacked three times in <laughs> in at the end of the first turn and i'm pretty sure i died and then we all gave up. So if you're getting bored with trying to crack uh, advanced uh, Ultron, let me tell you, uh, Goblin is going to step right in uh, and and really make you pull your hair out because it's pretty insane the mountain you need to move right at the beginning of the game against him. Like you're really up against it. Uh, and that is just nuts and so much fun, too. Even if you lose, you're like, oh, my God, that was awesome.
0: Yeah, you're really likely to hit those really nasty um, expert mode additional cards right off the bat. Uh, Shadows of the Past, you know, could be turn one, and that's, like, literally the worst Shadows of the Past turn you could ask for. And, yeah, uh, he fires on all cylinders. It's minion crazy. Man, bring on Thor's gonna have a field day with Mutagen. Um, but, um... Yeah, uh again that's neat um and kind of going back to what i was saying earlier like again um the original version we saw where he flips back and forth uh that that style you know again a lot of people feel like is on the lower end of the spectrum of difficulty and i think it's cool that you get like a fun thematic you know nifty goblin and then you get the like rip your face off goblin if you really if you're really looking for that and um
2: you know Well I haven't tried Risky Business on expert mode yet. So I know we say that we think it's kinda easy, but have you tried the expert risky business?
0: I've defeated it twice and like it I mean like it felt like any other expert game were like stressful in the middle and then you had it handled. Um and I'm and you know, there are times where like again, sometimes he like loses counters really fast and flips and suddenly he's smashing everybody for four. Like you know, I, I that was not a good turn for me now i can't flip or now i can't do what i was thinking like i'm not trying to say he's like rhino level but (laughs) um it's been it's been a common discussion point that that side uh was maybe easier and like everyone's experience is different you know i i don't know i don't i
2: don't want to hose him um again not as challenging as people were anticipating i think but but still cool, very cool, yeah. thematic, but not not as hard. I would say Claw is harder than yeah. risky, risky Business. The base set is tougher, just the, the normal level. Uh, but it also makes you think a little bit more and differently, which, you know, is, is good. Now, here's the big thing, though. Uh, his
0: mods are awesome. Uh, just his, like, Goblin gimmicks... It's just fun. Like, the glider's are really nasty. Uh, and then, of course, like, I really want to talk about the other three, though. Yeah, um, yeah, me too. So, Scorpion with his just, like, avalanche of stuns, stun, 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 so many stun cards. And another gang up, uh, which, like, with the right setup and on the right turn, especially if you're stunned all the time, theoretically you're not knocking out all those minions and then suddenly uh you're just getting overrun um but real quick my favorite uh far and away has been electro uh i just like how those cards interact whether you play them naturally or you boost them and they look for each other and it just hemorrhages cards off the the villain deck at such an insane rate that um you, you just like you just go through it's and like it feels like it feels like adding claw to something else or how fast he like goes ham on flipping cards but
2: um yeah it just um i forget the name of the electro card but there's one that says like discard seven cards from the encounter deck and then i think it he does it heal him or so i forget what the the
0: that one if you flip him he just comes into play but regardless you lose seven <laughs> right um but yeah one of his cards uh heals um and another one like oh my god it's just so many of them are just like flip three cards or that one flips seven cards and you're just suddenly like seeing the cards you don't want to see again especially an expert like that exhaustion comes back that uh uh mastermind comes back and just like no please stop you know like if you if you wish shadows of the past you know had a bigger impact in the game like bring electro uh you're i mean you're as likely to flip it but you're also going
2: through the deck again
0: and again i don't know electro just
2: adds so much chaos and i think that the the tombstone uh module is also really cool and has lots of hijinks that it throws into you. Um, I don't have the cards in front of you, but I remember when I was reading through them, I was just like, oh, this is really painful. And this is really painful. They're like the uh, all tied up Mm -hmm. where, um, and then there's the, like the, the press coverage one. I think it's like breaking story or something. And then uh, he tombstone himself comes in now at the highest health uh, uh, minion like beating out modok uh with nine um so i've been doing a thing where i put the chair and i know you've been doing this too i've been putting the chair with tombstone and scorpion and i haven't been as big on the electro one so i've been putting him out i've been leaving him out but uh now there's all these like great like you can almost kind of like create the sinister six with rhino and like throw all like throw the guys in there and a kind of pseudo Sinister Six uh, scenario. And I actually lost to it a couple times. I think I did a solo game where I think my nemesis, Tombstone, and, uh, and, and one of the other big minions came out all on the same turn, and I just couldn't deal with it. In a solo game, you just can't deal with that much beef. You just lose. So they've added a ton to the playability of every other part of the game.
0: Yeah, and uh, in a similar light, I usually called and I challenge all of our listeners to uh, try this combo out too. But uh, electro and doomsday chair or the electric chair, you know, put yourselves through the electric chair and see how well you do. Uh, the deck flies fast.
2: What were we calling? It? We were, uh, uh, the lightning round. Lightning round, ride yeah. the lightning, electric chair, whatever <laughs> you want to. It's like there's there's too many good names for that. Uh but yeah try that if you're if you're getting bored and and watch yourself lose a few times. And like what's really neat is
0: all the mods uh really add like different flavors. It's not just and like I'll even say the 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 corset the mods have like different feels like huge minions versus like really annoying disruption with under attack like so on and so forth. But I love that like electro is just burn the deck while scorpion is like a lot of like really obnoxious events of just like just please stop just it's just he's just punching you in the face over and over again like leave me alone and then um tombstone like attaches to your alter ego like no one else does that and like just like really funny disruption from him coming your way um and again like he's literally a a a granite wall standing before you like that's what tombstone literally is with that nine health scorpion has a very respectable seven
2: and quick strike and and if he hurts you you get stunned
0: (sighs) um yeah they're all they're all very spicy they all add a lot of uh zest to any deck so um and actually that that brings me to something quick too that uh was discussed a lot um during our break which is um I adamantly believe that this game, you are you are supposed to add more than one module. Like, not all the time, like when you're learning how to play a character. And to me, when you learn the fight and you just play Claw uh, Masters of Evil, like, that's like the introduction setup. I always feel like, uh, there's, like, two mod slots that they intended So, for. So
2: you think that there's been some debate about whether it's acceptable to add more than one module, or about whether that yeah. was intended? I feel like when we talked to Michael Boggs, it seemed like that was the vibe I got from him. It was just kind of mix and match, do this, do that, have fun. Well, I know a lot
0: of people feel like, well, if you add two, then, like, you water down the deck. And I'm like, not really. Like, if you add Doomsday Chair, a lot of it has Surge. Or, like, you can play Claw and like cut out Masters and add two different ones. Like, again, one of my favorites before was Claw Hydra Chair. And that was hard as heck because those Hydra guys don't go away and they keep spitting out more encounter cards. And like, that was its own like weird nightmare scenario. Well,
2: it gives you a kind of an interesting way to tune the game potentially in that you're adding these modules of different difficulty levels which could be you know really really tough or not so tough or whatever but by adding more cards to the encounter deck you're kind of watering down the difficulty level by making there be less acceleration tokens over the course of the game which really only matters in like three and four player games i feel like you never i almost never get more than one acceleration token in games less than that uh so i'm not sure it really makes too big of a difference
0: yeah there there might be math for it that i don't want to do but i feel like it doesn't adding two mods can't possibly like affect that as much as people out. also you are adding more threes to the deck like threes are
2: threes are nasty and the three boost uh icon cards yeah Uh, and some pretty like hardcore side schemes you know um so I don't know. It's it's a very difficult thing to objectively balance, but I think you get a sense that having two modules is fine. You're going for like three or more. You're probably watering down the villain's ability to be mean in the long game a little yeah. bit, but I, still, it's flavor. It's fun. If you want to do it, do it. If you find some really cool combo that you think is hilarious or especially challenging, let us know about it. We think we've tried them all, but we probably have you know, overlooked something. I just like don't I don't know, don't limit yourself,
0: like or don't I don't know. Yeah. Sorry. Well, well I,
2: that's the thing is though, is that on the set of cards, it says this and if you're advanced you do this and then one module recommended module is this. So I could see people who want to be like real sticklers for the for the rules and whatever being like you get one module and that's how the game is balanced. And that's fine. If, if you want to play it like real straight and clean and by the book, that's fine. I still think that this game is meant to be experimented with and toyed with. And, and especially for those people who are kind of bored with some of the the, the stock setups that they've provided for us to play around with.
0: And And also to all you guys who say that and play solo, the game's not balanced for solo either, so ha!
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's still valid. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, so yeah,
2: so, did you have any thoughts on the modules that came with? Though? I know you haven't played against Goblin, but you've you've gotten to look at those guys and those uh, villains and. and uh...
1: Yeah, I am really excited to to take a look at, and well, I'm excited to play them with my friends. I've I've seen what they can do, I've seen on Facebook and you know the different forms and groups that like do- Doomsday Chair is a uh, aptly named. You know, it's it's just a monster of a module. And I think that's good. I don't think this game would be nearly as much fun if it wasn't challenging. So, like I said, you know, without playing the game with Groblin, I'm still really excited to give it a try. I, I'm conveniently able to kind of stall out in my experience until um, Wrecking Crew happens. So I think that's kind of the cool thing about the game is I've seen a lot of people come in ever since launch, especially over the holidays, because... This is kind of a, a you know big deal, new hotness. It's a card game from FFG. It's Marvel. Both of those things are very popular in the gaming community, and uh, I I don't actually think that because I haven't played the game you know up to code with everyone else that that's a bad thing because the staggered experience is still. A very fun and enjoyable thing so yeah once I get Goblin to the table or even do it solo I'm I'm really really excited to see what kind of new challenges uh, are presented both you know in solo and in group play because there's just a lot behind this game and I, I really hope FFG understands that they've created uh, something really really special we haven't seen an L- I don't think we've seen an LCG like this Ever Like even though it's the same format as the LCG and you know, it's the same kind of mindset and process of you know, it's supposed to be a, a very um, Similar release to like an MMO. You have something coming out every month and there's constant It's kind of a slow drip of content. You've always got something in the pipeline It's such an accessible game and the best part is it's not relative to when you access it because like some lcgs like the lord of the rings one it, it kind of got better as the game evolved and developed so there wasn't really a need to go play older stuff because it wasn't nearly as good it wasn't nearly as balanced if they continue doing champions the way they've done it i don't think that statement would be true i think you could start playing it at any given point and the experience will be very 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 strong if you start from the beginning that's fine if you come in a year later that's fine if you you know we're talking you know maybe three years down the road someone just starts playing the game everyone will still have a very similar and very delightful experience so i i'm really excited i really really am excited about uh, all the new stuff we've seen previews of which we're going to talk about here in a moment um, I'm excited to see the big box set I'm excited to see these new expansions that are coming from foG it's just a really good time for this game to be on the market I think
2: I'm excited for you I mean you're probably gonna play the wrecking crew before you even get to mess around with goblin that just means you have so much more to look forward to that's kind of like when i the core first dropped I didn't play against Ultron because I wanted to like squirrel them away for later and now you have like multiple different goblin versions. Like to look forward to dipping into, and once you get time, and by then, you know, Wrecking Crew will probably be all over the place, and people will be wanting to, you know, play against that incessantly. So, I'm just, I'm excited for all of us. Like the next couple of months are going to be great.
1: Yeah, and I think that's the cool thing is I can choose. Like I, I've chosen to not play Goblin. I've just, I've just kind of held off purposely. And I, I think that's a big allure for the game is even though. I haven't played it, it's still very exciting for when he does hit the table because it's, for me, it's going to be fresh, even though someone listening could say, you know, I've I played Goblin like 10, 15, 20, 30 times. For me, that first experience is going to be new. It's going to be like, ooh, Goblin. Well, well, well. What is this? Like, I have to I have to start to solve the puzzle for myself and that's kind of goes back to what I was saying, even though, like, there hasn't been a game I can remember where people can be on different levels of play and still have a immaculate experience, and I think that is just a, a fantastic selling point for this game. Is you can play X, your friends can play Y, and you're still enjoying the game in its design and the way it's meant to be played, and that's super unique.
2: All right, so if it's all right with you guys, I'll just launch us into the little dribs and drabs of leaks and uh, some release notes. Uh, so, calling back to a previous episode, uh, we had been given some uh, silhouettes of characters that were lined up to be released, and we had speculated about who we thought the silhouettes were based on, uh, based on what we thought their alter ego. Because I'm pretty sure it was an alter ego side, and we we were pretty much wrong. Uh, to be fair, I thought those were hero sides. I didn't even consider they were alter egos. I was pretty sure thought they were alter ego sides, but I th- was still all over the darn place. Um, so uh, might as well just go ahead and say that... Oh, we blew it. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we blew it. But uh, I'm still very happy. One, we know that the first silhouette is uh, the Black Widow. Um, And they have subsequently come out with a uh, uh, an article that showed some of her cards. We're not going to dig into each card, but we will. You know, we can talk about how cool she is. And then we also know that the second silhouette is Doctor Strange in his uh, surgery uh, garb, um, with his little surgery cap and his hands held up in his little like uh, surgery pose. So we know that we're getting. Widow, we know that we're getting uh Doctor Strange, and I could not be happier about Doctor Strange, and Jay could not be happier about Black Widow. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we keep doing that, <laughs> I know. And that seems to be like every single release it's like one for you, one for me, one for you, and one for me. And I'm waiting for X-Men, I know. And Sugi's like, What the heck, where's my X-Men? Um, so okay, what do you guys think? I'm gonna play the heck out of some Doctor Strange. I mean, I'll play everything, but you know. So, I'm
0: just, uh, one of the funny things about reading comics, but you can't keep up with all the comics going on, is like, <laughs> when I realized I was Doctor Strange, I was like, he can use his hands again? What? <laughs> Wait, he can practice again? I thought his whole hubris was he couldn't heal people naturally anymore, he had to use
2: magic, No, but... the, new, the new series, he uses magic to get his hands back, uh... And what took him so long i know i heard the new <laughs> doctor strange uh the the 2019 2020 doctor strange comics are actually super lit he um, uh he was running around in the uh um, superior spider-man's
0: i've been reading too which is pretty funny because uh in one of the coolest juxtapositions is like superior spider-man is all about like science and fact and math and like hard numbers and like dealing with like existential magical threats is like completely out of his wheelhouse and like that was such a great way to like to outsmart the guy who outsmarts everybody. It's just like, well I can't outthink a demon who spits demons out of his chest. That's not it's not mathematically possible. Like that's not how and, things work.
2: <laughs> and another amazing thing that happens in the comic books, super flavorful to the game, is he gets totally destroyed by the wrecker. Like, uh, oh, yeah? from the Wrecking Crew, shows up and w- kicks his butt. I would use a, a stronger word for for the beatdown that the Wrecker puts on Doctor Strange in the, the latest uh, uh, run of Doctor Strange comics. So, that's going to happen also in the game. <laughs> so, we can look forward to that. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, well, um, I, as
0: mentioned like all over widow. I like the, uh, something I didn't realize that's exemplified more in her design was the effects like Hawkeye. I admit I foolishly misread, um, his, uh, response. And I just assumed it was, uh, forced. I thought just if a, if a minion came into play, he fired an arrow, like he was just ready, like holding those arrows, taunt but it turns out uh you can fire them when you need them and if an enemy comes out where you don't want to waste the arrow or like it's like madam hydra kept eating our arrows because she would come out due to her scheme and then while the schemes in place you can't do damage so i was like dang it you know ate another arrow and finally someone was like you why are you firing arrows at her you don't have to and i was like what and similarly similarly designed is uh all the preparation cards that Black widows bringing to the table where you can choose uh it's not a forced response, it's just a response. So when you wanna trigger your they're like trap cards in other games. Like when you wanna flip your trap card, it's like, oh yeah, we definitely wanna, you know, use her widow's bite on this minion because stunning it's gonna like give us some breathing room. I don't wanna waste that on like a Hydra mercenary. And I, I like that you have control over, you know, that is something I wanna respond to as opposed to them just like popping off like mouse traps on their own i really really love that design and then i just like could not be happier at how cool her covard ops card is where it's it's concussive blow except you can play it in altered ego form oh my god like three for fourth ward and a conf- and a confusion token and it just says action doesn't
2: matter what side you're on like that is So cool. So she has a thing. She has a synergy with preparation cards Mm -hmm. the same way that Thor had a synergy with Valhalla cards. Asgard. Uh, Oh, sorry. Excuse me. Asgard cards. And I kind of didn't like that because I saw how many Asgard cards were coming in the aggression cards in his deck. And I was thinking, oh, no, you know, now you kind of feel like you have to play aggression to get all these Asgard synergy. Uh, but they didn't show any of the non-aggression cards that came with him. and But they did show some of the non-justice cards that came with uh, Black Widow. And they had the preparation subtype so that they are providing synergy in the pack, but outside of the... Uh, the uh um aspect and so that makes me hopeful that a bunch of the non-aggression cards that come with thor are going to be asgard cards so if you decide that you don't want to play thor aggression you're not just completely writing off like a big part of his kind of Theme, I guess, or or his synergy, Synergy. yeah, which are kind of one and the same, and so that gives me hope. I I actually did didn't really care for that. I didn't really want to feel like any of the heroes were being pigeonholed into a certain aspect to get the most out of them, and I think that'll go a long way to like preventing that from happening if that's how they went about doing it.
0: Yeah, and I really like too continuing thoughts on Widow. It's funny how sometimes it feels like you can't play cards on certain sides that you really want to. You know, like you have For Justice in your hand, but you have to be Alterito this turn. And like a lot of her cards are like set up no matter what. And then if you're on uh, her Alterito side, like the first time you play a prep card, you draw a card. So you're like, it's kind of a refund. Maybe you'll draw something cooler. You know, you get something back for like prepping. And then uh, on her alderido side like using your traps you get to deal extra damage to anything you want to like I don't know there's just kind of like a just a great like ebb and flow that you can see with just the few cards they previewed to her design that I just think is going to be endlessly fun and like I'll I'll look over the fence at the other you know um, (laughs) the other comic world but like she kind of has like a Batman feel with like she has a tool for like every situation in her belt, you know the spy kind of prepared for everything kind of thing is like Batman's thing. If you if he had infinite preparation, like he's gonna have the answer. And I feel like her deck is gonna feel that way too. Where you know as long as I can as long as I can set up, I'm gonna be good to go. And I don't know that <clears throat> that design uh, really really appeals to me. So. Uh, yeah and it's funny it's like i can't wait for thor and now i have to wait to for april until widow and you have to wait till may for strange it's like these previews are awesome but also like
2: so far away i know well we'll, maybe we'll have like another episode recorded by then (laughs) 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 maybe super okay hey we're back it's june we've gotten to play the last five (laughs) heroes that have been released here's what we think (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I
1: still haven't played. Uh, still haven't played Green Goblin yet. Yeah, yeah, getting there.
2: Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, that's so funny. Oh, just got back from Worlds. Really looking forward to playing Goblin now.
1: <laughs> yeah, I hear Goblin's real fun. Hey, it's pretty oh, difficult. Speaking of that,
2: um, I'm going to Keyforge Worlds for the first time. I want, I want Prime, as you, you guys both know. Um, are they going to have some kind of Worlds for this game? Or are you going to get to go and like meet the people that are as into this as we are, like? to talk to our our fans maybe, I don't know. So generally for
1: like Arkham, they would have Arkham Knights. So it's not worlds per se, like there'd be a special um, cooperative event that players would play. So it's, we don't know because usually worlds is revolving around a, a tournament, you're trying to find a grand champion, so on and so forth. But with like Lord of the Rings and with Arkham, when they had a compet- or a cooperative uh, card game, they would just basically it'd be it basically be a party. It's a giant celebration. You and all your friends come to the Fantasy Flight Game Center and you you pair up, you play, you know whatever they have for you. Uh, Sometimes there's like a special promo, but like everyone pays in and gets the same thing. So it's more about the the camaraderie and the experience with your friends. And there's there's no winners or losers like you can't. Oh, yeah, that's that's what I
2: want to do. I want to go and meet everybody and like like geek out on this but in like at a premier tier event like a lot of the other games get i'm really hoping that we get something like that Mm -hmm. don't they
1: tend to do something cool at gen con it it depends and that's kind of the big question mark Uh, it seems like fantasy flight is kind of restructuring themselves and i i feel like they would have said something at this point like hey you know there's an event coming or gen, like gen con would have been mentioned because the thing is most of these uh major conventions you have to apply for your um event way 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 in advance so uh i i, I don't know that's that's kind of the catchy thing is like ffg traditionally holds their cooperative events at their home base so I'm waiting for them to make an announcement because we, we used to see Lord of the Rings events. I don't think they do them anymore. They do the Arkham Knights events because I know people who've gone there from my local area. So that's still a thing. However, it is the first year of champions being around, so they might still be feeling themselves out. I still haven't gotten, our store still hasn't gotten the uh, the champions starter kit that I paid for. So like I don't have my playmat, I don't have my promos. So I don't uh, us either. I don't know where those are. So like as much as I want it, I feel like they should probably prioritize getting local stores their kits first so people have, you know, a, a reason to play at the local store before they go, hey, here's worlds, but we're not doing any OP kits. Like, wait,
2: what? Like Yeah, yeah, totally.
1: So uh we'll we'll have to wait and see. I would guesstimate we might see something in October. I don't know. Like, it, it's just tricky because, like, last year in 2019, uh, Star Wars had their world championship in October. But now they went back to May. So May is Star Wars Destiny and their final world championship. And then KeyForge is also in May. It's not their final world championship. But I, I don't know if they're going to front load it and just have everything in May or if they're going to try and spread things out, and we might see like a winter uh, Marvel Champions event. Uh, It's just, it's not clear because we don't have any communication from FFG.
2: Yeah, let's start with the kits, and then let us know about everything else later. I just, I want my uh, promo cards.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I think it's funny that there's a lot of people who went to the event who paid for it and we still don't actually have it which I find very bizarre um, but if if I had to guess we might see something either in the summer or in the winter because clearly there's there's no time like now they can't be like oh it's in March like no one has enough time to go um, I would also expect them to probably have a significant amount of product available so it's not just the, wor- the first you know major event is like the core set and like three heroes Um, My suspicion if I had to guess they could correlate one of their big boxes with um, The it's I don't know it's not a world's event, but the the event at the HQ So if the box comes out in what is that June July? No, because if uh, strangers in May the next character would be in June and then theoretically the big event of choice would be July so we could see like a july or august uh, event at the hq if i had to guess but
2: you know oh for a launch of the story box maybe something yeah like that. yeah
1: potentially they they could do something like as a celebration hey we're we're doing this new big story box and we're going to have you know a marvel champions event whatever they want to call it because like i said they have ark of knights so they could have you know marvel days whatever and and uh we could see something revolving around a release of that box so it's like you know when you come you pay you know like 40 bucks but you get the box and a seat at the event I don't, I don't know I have no idea what they do but generally the events are not super expensive because like I said there's no tournament there's no prize support in terms of like well I I won seven games and I went zero losses it's just everyone's there to play and have fun uh, it's kind of like the old Lord of the Rings kits where you paid twenty dollars everybody got a playmat and everybody got the special um, deck it be it be like um, if they had one villain deck so it's like everyone gets a copy of the villain deck and a playmat for 20 bucks so it's like hey you know here's kingpin there you oh, go yeah. you play against heck King- yeah you you and your you and your friends play against kingpin everybody gets a copy of kingpin to take home and a playmat and then you know for the rest of the weekend you know you can play against uh, wrecking crew i can finally play against green goblin while i'm there um, you know Ultron you can try out different characters you can play with different people like it's more about like I said the event is about playing the game not about winning or losing because oh, yeah. there's there's yeah. no tracking of statistics it's just fun 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 fun
0: so that about wraps us up thank you everyone for joining us once again we uh, were excited to get our thoughts out on you know these new packs that we got to play with at least some of us got to play with and uh, <laughs> these new Uh, releases upcoming it's going to be an exciting next couple months uh, so much content in this game it's crazy Uh, I'm still having as much fun playing it now as I did when I first cracked it open and I don't think that's going to stop anytime soon with what's coming down the pipe Uh, so bring it on thank you all for the support that you constantly give us it means a lot expect more in all areas our discord our facebook page You know, things are finally calming down on our our end, so we'll definitely get some more articles and think pieces going, so. And always remember, we have no power, no ego, and no responsibility.